0: Yes, yes. Welcome in to another edition of the Tim McCurden Show. Questions from the audience uh, here on the Inside STL Podcast Network from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. I am your host, Tim McCurden, alongside uh, producer Gangster Pete on the ones and the twos, and always enjoy doing questions from the audience. Uh, Talking it over with you. I guess last week was the post-PGA Championship edition, and surprisingly, um, which makes me happy. A number of people really enjoyed uh, the recounting of the PGA Championship and also my round where I was lucky enough and still almost kind of of seems surreal that I was lucky enough to play Bell Reve, you know, less than 24 hours after the conclusion of the PGA Championship and played it from the tips and played as quote-unquote well as I did, minus two or three holes, I guess two more than double bogeys out of the 18. And I had a lot of people either email or text me or come up to me about it. And that's great. Cause I thought to myself, I'm just going to talk about this that way. I will always be able to remember it. Cause I can go back and listen to it, but I would imagine it would be the equivalent of somebody uh, pulling you aside and telling you about their fantasy football draft or uh, a poker bad beat or something along those lines. It's like the worst possible audio situation to be in. And yet for whatever reason it resonated, which is great. And I guess the reason is because one of the people who's telling me this this past weekend, the golf tournament actually said, I said, God, I'm so surprised by the response that got. And he said, yeah, but everybody wanted to do it and you got to do it. And so people wanted to hear what it was really like, knowing that you would say whether or not you thought the greens were slow and whether or not you thought the greens were bumpy and all that stuff. So if you want to listen to that, that's up. If you want to listen to uh, details on uh, the round at the PGA championship the day after, that's up. Um, And then also all of our interviews. If you're just getting on board with the show, as our numbers indicate, a lot of people are just kind of you know, I guess word of mouth, and it's compounding in the sense that more and more people are getting on board. Listen to the Rizzuto interview. Uh, we did have what now we have discussed on TMA uh, the microphone issue, as it's as it's now known. Unfortunately, uh, whatever happened, Iggy says I switched microphones. I'm not sure what happened, but either way, my microphone wasn't on during the Rizzuto conversation. Iggy takes full ownership of it. So that's why that sounds weird. Uh, But you still can hear me. It just sounds tinny. You can hear Rizzuto completely. And I love that conversation. I feel like that was one of those, and it's, it's, it's our conversation this week where you could go and, uh, go on for like another two hours. Cause then we started talking after we got done and we both have some similar situations with off the field, as they say, uh, issues Uh, with regard to some radio fun and games and, uh, and we could have gotten into that and I'm just like, ah, I forgot to bring that up. So we'll probably do something again. Uh, and that'll probably be the case with a few of the people who've been guests over this first, uh, I guess now we're approaching 11 months of the Tim McKernan show where we have interviews every Monday and have some great interviews coming up. Uh, just did one with John Kelly, the blues broadcaster, Uh, loved hearing his story about his father. Of course, the legendary blues voice, Dan Kelly. But then also the Ken Wilson thing. Ken Wilson and the Blues and Ken Wilson and St. Louis and then Ken Wilson with the way he went out by like lighting up the Bucks and the Kellys on his way out in an interview with, I believe it was Mike Claiborne and Bob Ramsey on 590, the fan KFNS in 2004 was like a signature moment. And also kind of this 30 for 30-esque if you were doing local 30 for 30s uh, situation uh, because it had everything that St. Louisans uh, I think gravitate toward first off the fascination for some with media stories, uh, the, the box, the Kelly's, uh, a broadcaster who is beloved, but getting let go. Um, what was going on then? And then somebody just lighting up as he left town and then said, I think he said he wanted to be the governor of Hawaii. So it was, it was a lot of, so John Kelly talked about that. In addition to his story, and I loved the interview. I, I, but at the same time, here's the thing. I know it's probably getting to a point for a lot of you who do listen to all these where you're going, you say you love every interview. The truth is, though, I I legitimately do because I, I, mean, I, I guess there's certainly somewhere I'm like, wow, that was incredible. But then, there's, then there are these interviews that we do, and I'm surprised that they don't resonate as much. For example, the Mike Matheny interview from January, I was like, this is incredible because you don't hear Matheny talk like this normally. And, uh, relatively speaking, I mean, certainly it got listened to in thousands of downloads, but, um, it didn't get the feedback of like, for example, a Mike Bush interview, which was one when I knew I was starting the podcast, and I knew that was one that I wanted to do. I just didn't think it would resonate as much with people as it did. Um, and there have been, there've certainly been others where, uh, I'm surprised by the response, whether it be by larger numbers than I had anticipated or by lesser numbers than I anticipated. But I always enjoy the conversation because it's like when I'm out and I'm having drinks or I'm just bullshitting with people wherever and we're engaged in a great conversation, I don't care if they're a celebrity athlete, politician, musician, you know, media personality, whatever. If we're on a topic I'm fascinated by, I'm all in and I don't, I don't care what the background of the person is I'm engaged with. I mean, I'm engaged. And so uh, my synapse is fire, man. That's, that's what it always goes back to fill me with your dopamine boy. That's what it is. And so I'm enjoying it. And, uh, and I think you'll find the same thing with Rizzuto, uh, recent interviews, Rizzuto, Courtney Bryant, KMOV, uh, Joe Buck, um, all these, I know we have John Kelly, like I said, Ozzie Smith, Frank opinion, Brett Hull, uh, so, all kinds of interviews up and coming, subscribe to the show, Leave a positive review. I think you'll be happy with what you get. You get a new interview every uh, Monday, and then you get the questions from the audience or some semblance of it on wednesdays slash Thursdays. It's all from the home loan dot studios, Ryan Kelly, the sponsor of our studios from the very beginning. And the reality of our business is without sponsors, the thing doesn't exist. And people, I think mistakenly sometimes go, it's a passion project for you. And I guess in a way it is because it's certainly not my main source of income, but we're not, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do it for free. And I also have people, uh, who are, who are working on the staff and, uh, and, and they have to be compensated. So, uh, it is a business and that's why the sponsors are so important. And Ryan Kelly has been with us before we even started our first episode. And that was an interview with Gary Pinkle at his house nearly a year ago. Now it was late September of 2017. Ryan Kelly, whether it be for buying a home or for a cash out refi, Ryan Kelly is the person to go to. It's that simple. Thehomeloanexpert.com. That's where you will find him. And I think a lot of people uh, may not realize how prime it is right now to capitalize on the home market. And if you have debt, get a cash-out refi and take care of that credit card debt and capitalize on your home's value and interest rates being low. You can do that right now at thehomeloanexpert.com. Or you might be looking to buy a home. Make sure that you do so with Ryan Kelly. He's online online at thehomeloanexpert.com, fresh off of climbing the Grand Teton in Wyoming uh, to raise $50,000 for the fourth annual Climb for the Kids. How he does this stuff is beyond me, but it shows you that not only is a great businessman, he is a great philanthropist, Ryan Kelly, the sponsor of our studios. And all of our presentations, guest presentations and QFTAs are by Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth strategies. We welcome Mark on board. It's been great to have him on board. And I'm hearing a lot of you are going to him, which makes me happy because first off he's a sponsor and I want my sponsors to get return on investment. That's the name of the game. That's another thing that would keep us from having a podcast. If people start advertising and they don't get any business, that's a problem, but a lot of you are doing it and it's smart for you to do it. Uh, I'm telling you, I got, I don't know. I mean, I got regrets. I don't have tons of them, but if I had to rank them. This would certainly be top five, and that is just having my head up my ass in my 20s, and really even 30s as well, with money management. And so this is, yeah, I mean, he's an advertiser, but it's also just in general, I would say to to you, and I don't care if you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, whatever the case might be, you need an advisor, and if I would have had an advisor who was more active and I was more active and smart about it, I'd be in a better situation, and, it, and on top of it, you know, I think a lot of people think, oh, I got to do this paperwork and it's going to be such a headache and it's not. And then you have your numbers entered and you know where you want to go and you know what you want to do. And I think a lot of people, once they know what they need to do, they do it properly, whether that be working out, whether that be eating right. Uh, and certainly with money management, but, you know, oftentimes you don't know where to turn. And so you just. Going to the gym and you just hop on the treadmill, even though it might not necessarily be great for you. At least you're doing something, so it psychologically satisfies you, even if physically it might not be helping you. So in my case, like a complete idiot, I was just putting money in savings. And I remember uh, one of my guys goes, "Why do you have all this money in savings?" And I go, oh, "I think that's what you're supposed to do." Well, yeah, if you're 10, that's what you're supposed to do. But now when you're 40, so I mean, it's just, it's embarrassing. So when people say, "Oh, you're," great businessman or whatever. I go, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm a moron. Uh, and then, so, you know, you talk with somebody like Mark and he sets you right. And if there's one thing that I could go back in my twenties that I didn't do, it'd be manage my money way more effectively. I mean, it was an absolute mess, truly embarrassing. And I look back at it now and I think to myself, well, what was I doing? And I think so many people would say the same thing. Now, many of you may be in your twenties saying, what do you mean? Some of you might be in your forties saying, well, it might be too late. I'm telling you or somebody, like me in my 40s, you finally get your act together and it's not too late. And if you're in your 20s, now truly is the time to do it. If I could go back, it's the one thing I, I say to my wife about our son. I said, this is the thing that I'm going to make sure that if I can teach him something outside of, hey, treat other people I like, want to be treated, uh, it would be money management because I, I screwed it up. Mark Hanna with Evergreen Wealth Strategies, I met him recently and he walked me through his process and I thought this was what I was missing when I was in my 20s and I started making money for the first time. As opposed to putting money into online poker, I could have put it to use wisely. I could have paid off my condo. I could have invested. I could have done a lot of things that could have set me up now that I'm in my 40s, but I just didn't know any better. And there's no excuse, especially now that I'm giving you somebody who can help that cause. I met Mark Hanna with Evergreen Wealth Strategies at evergreenstl.com. And in 20 minutes, he can open up his iPad, enter your numbers and help you figure out how to get started on getting things set up the right way. It's that easy. He can help you build a strategy and help make it a lot cleaner than thinking, well, I just put my money in savings. It makes a whole lot more sense than following something that you read online or on Facebook. The thing that resonates with me when I met him is that he truly does care about helping people. He built this business at a young age and is continuing to grow his business and he's truly passionate about what he does. It's not an act. He's kind of like, he's just one of those people you meet and he, you know what? There are similarities to, 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 from my standpoint to him, Ryan Kelly, James Carlton. I realize you go, well, they're all advertisers and I get it, but they're younger and they're passionate about what they do and then you get it and you're like, man, they're really sharp um, and they're engaging. And when you're talking to him, it's like what people say, well, like when they meet a, a president, you feel like, uh, you're the only person in the room. That's the kind of way he operates. Contact him at 314-889-0503. That's 314-889-0503 or check him out online at EvergreenSTL dot com. Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies uh, here on the Tim McKernan Show. So this is a question from the audience. And I know there's one kind of centerpiece topic I wanna I wanna get into and I'm anxious to hear. And because I because when we talked about some entrepreneurial elements on the show and we've done it a couple of times and the Ryan Kelly appearance certainly had that theme. Uh, it's engaged people. And I think it's, it's probably engaged more people who have, I don't want to use the word fantasize cause then it makes it seem like the people who are engaged by it, aren't serious about it. And therefore it's a fantasy to become an entrepreneur or work for oneself, but they're wondering about it. Uh, you know, like they're like, I kinda think I want to go out on my own and do something, but I, I you know, I just don't I, you know, like when I started Inside STL and we celebrated our 13th birthday on August 15th of uh, 2018, I truly started it as a hobby because I was bored. So, you know, that, that's why, and listen, I, anybody enjoys a compliment and to act like you don't, you don't. But when you know the truth it also kind of you know, puts it in perspective, even if you're doing so internally. So like when people say, God, that was so smart of you to leave TV and start up your own business. I'm like, Oh, that's very nice of you to say. That's not what happened. It's nice of you to say, I did leave TV intentionally. That is not that that I'll take credit for, I guess. Although I don't know how most people 13 years ago didn't see that local TV was changing. I guess I'll be political and say that, but it's not like I left local TV to start a new business. Um, I had a one year non-compete, And after like a few months of playing golf uh, and or poker every day, but being 27-ish, 28-ish, what the hell was I, 28, Uh, it got boring, which I know probably sounds impossible, but I'm just telling you that's what happened. Because I'd get done with the show, fortunately was making enough money that I didn't need to do anything else, and I'd come home and I'd either sleep because I had a sleep problem uh, or I'd fuck off on Poker Stars, and I was a horrible poker player, so I was losing my ass and didn't realize it. I mean, not to the point that it was a problem, but you look back on it, it was thousands of dollars. Uh, and and then playing golf, and so I'd go play golf, but my friends weren't off work, so I'm going out there and I'm playing by myself, and I didn't really enjoy it. I wasn't that good. Didn't feel like I was getting better. I don't know why. When I got back into the game, eleven years later, it seemed like I was better, and you know, now I'm better, but still certainly not great. So I just needed something, and I felt like the morning grind at the time had a really big following, and it was continuing to grow, and this was when it was Martin Kilcoin, the cat, and myself. And I wanted to capitalize on it. And again, as an illustration of being just, I don't know, ignorant, I think would be the proper word, ignorant of law and you know, who owns what, I was going to start a website called themorninggrind.com. And it wasn't until a year or two later that I realized, had I done that, I didn't own that. You know, I mean, I guess you could own the term, the morning grind, but as far as the show, I didn't own that. So it was a fortunate stroke of, uh, you know, genius in the sense that other people recommended that I call the website something different. It wasn't my genius. And we still debate who, who came up with the name inside STL. It was either my brother uh, or a, a friend of mine. Um, and, um, either way that was key. And so one night I remember I'm like, you know what? I'm going to buy that domain. It was $24 and 95 cents. And I remember buying it. And I also remember thinking to myself, you know what, just on the off chance, this hobby that I'm, you know, killing time with, because I've got a one year non-compete turns into something, uh, I ought to, uh, like keep a journal and just to document Whatever journey it might be, and I didn't. Um, I wish I would have because, first off, I think it would probably be amusing to read like how stupid some of the things were that I did, uh, and then also it would probably be a learning experience for those of you who are considering becoming an entrepreneur. As and, and some things are, would actually be like, you know, like a, a starting a business for dummies thing. Like, oh, you need an operating agreement. What's an operating agreement? Oh, you know, bank accounts, capital, lines of credit investors, things that are, that now to me are, are basic. I didn't know that. And it's not like I was 15, you know, I mean, I was close to 30. You got to, you know, I mean, what the hell I mean it just shows you what a journalism degree or being eight hours short of a journalism degree uh, gets you when it comes to business. So we start the website and it's a hobby and, and it's popular, but it's popular because of the radio show. And then people, I remember running into, um, at the time, and he had been the GM of KMOV for 25 years at that point. I think he was remained until he retired like a few years ago, like 2012, 13, 14, Alan Cohen. And this was January of 2006, not 16, January of 2006. And, and we had a great relationship. And uh, Alan uh, Cohen was the reason why, not the reason, but certainly one of the main reasons why I had two television opportunities, two big television opportunities relative for where I was in my career. Uh, one is hosting a national baseball show for Fox sports that would have been based out of Denver. Uh, and then that was 2006. And then the following year, um, the the job at SNY in New York city. And he called both those places and, and spoke very highly of me. So we had a good relationship, even though I left and, um, and he saw me and I explained what I was doing and we are doing a photo shoot and he goes, oh my God, you're sitting on a gold mine. And I'm going, okay, this is one thing if there's like one of my buddies who's like hopped up on blow at three in the morning at, you know, Hollywood nights saying I'm sitting on a gold mine. This is Alan Cohen, who was a general manager at KMOV and I think he was like 32 when he was, I mean, this guy, you know, this is a sharp man, especially when it comes to media. And in a way I loved hearing that but in another way i'm going well this guy says i'm sitting on a gold mine but i don't really have any gold it was kind of frustrating and so with specific to inside stl is the centerpiece of the discussion today and maybe this will resonate with you as a listener because you're considering entrepreneurial um, elements of your life uh, for a career choice or because you're like i hear what you're saying and i think you guys could do this um, or you like what I'm saying, and you're like, man, I'd like to be a part of that. Then great. I'm also telling a story, and it's kind of do's and don'ts, or things that I would do or, or don't do. Uh, as I, as I, you know, it's been around now for 13 years, and so I think there was a mis that the thing built and grew into this huge thing. When in reality, the advertisers you saw on InsideStl.com from the beginning through. The end of two thousand and nine were because they were buying web advertising. And in some cases, but I would say about twenty percent of the cases, that was accurate. But the reason the business actually existed for those first four or five years before we owned radio programming, which is where we really did grow and at that point started to to profit was because of the girl next door contest, which is because line. Uh, but it did exist for five or six years. And what we would do w- would be, we would say, yeah, you can, you can host a girl next door contest at your bar club, whatever, but you've got to sign up for, I think it was either three months or six months of advertising on insidestl.com. So eventually, so essentially we were an event company with this girl next door contest. Um, and and that was what was really driving revenue. And it's not like the revenues were absurd, but it it, it got to a, a point where it was certainly decent. I know if I look back on it and I would look at the expenses, I'd go, oh, my God, what was I doing? That was so dumb. But uh, that's how the thing got, you know, from, you know, it started in August of 2005. And we started the Girl Next Door contest in January of 2007. And that's where it really got going. And so for all of 2007, all of 2008 and all of 2009, the girl next door contest was what generated the revenue because it's not like people at that time and nor are they doing it now. We're running around going, Oh, I've got to buy banner ads for a local website that just wasn't going on. It would, if it was a huge local website, but still, I mean, even now look at, for example, the, the newspaper industry, if banner ads could pay the bills, you wouldn't see newspapers, uh, cutting back as much as they have across the country. So that's that's my overall uh, premise on what was going on with Inside STL. And the Girl Next Door contest, for those of you who don't know, and I recognize a lot of you are, relatively speaking, new listeners, and I also recognize a lot of you have been listening for a long time. Uh, the Girl Next Door contest is something that I would actually consider bringing back. Uh, I certainly don't want to manage it. And I certainly at 41 years old, the father of uh, a one year old tomorrow, uh, have zero interest in um, being being on hand for them. But uh, I recognize that there's value there and that stuff never changes. And so what we did was, and this, this was an idea and I guess I'll take credit for it, even though I suppose it's, you know, some would call it uh, perverse or whatever, but whatever. Uh, local women uh, would send in pictures and then we would have a professional photographer, Jason, and Emily Campagna were the ones who did it, uh, do photo shoots for them, And they did great work with the photo shoots. That was, you want to talk about money well spent where I look at some things and I go, "Oh my God, what was I doing with some of these expenses? That was money well spent. And they managed it and they did such a great job. Emily and Jason, great people. And, uh, and then we would put up a new picture of a new girl, uh, There'd be one girl per week and then new picture would come out Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then at the end of the month, uh, people would vote online and then people would vote at the event. And then I believe the winner got $500. I'm kind of detached from it. That's what I think. Um, and, and, and they would compete for it. Like we were giving away 50,000. And people loved it. It got a bunch of traffic. It certainly brought a bunch of people into the bars. What became the running joke was, uh, as the contest kind of started to dwindle in its popularity, I got frustrated with it. Um, we wound up having girls, uh, like, no showing. So there'd be four girls a month, maybe five, depending on the month. And, like, two of them would have would contact me or the campañas and say, Uh, I can't make it. My grandmother passed away and it seemed like grandmothers were passing away in the Edwardsville Fairview Heights region, uh, on a, on a, on a daily basis. And it was a tragedy and I hope somebody looks into it. So at that point, then the bars and the clubs are going, well, this is a great thing, except now not as many people are showing up. I was getting frustrated with it. And at that point it's 2012, maybe 13, um, the bulk of our revenue was coming from radio. Because at the end of 2009, the show's now the morning after, but it's still the morning grind, Um, but we're calling it the morning after. Now, Doug Vaughn is with me and the cat. Martin left in October of 2006. The people who owned 1380, which is where we had gone, uh, contacted me. We loved them. John Helmkamp was the GM, just a great human being. And he said, we want to keep you, but we can't afford you guys anymore. And so... You can sell your own advertising and keep it all, but we can't pay you. And I remember at the time a KFNS was pursuing me to host afternoon drive and giving me a, a nice amount of money. The problem with it was if I took it, it would be an afternoons and Doug and the cat have TV and they weren't offering Doug and the cat the kind of money that it would take for them to leave TV. And I don't even know if they would have left TV anyway. It was an offer for me. And then I could pick my co-host, but it obviously wasn't going to be Doug or the cat. And I just really believed in what we were doing. Um, And I didn't want to break it up. But I got a situation on my hands here. I got an offer, got a contract, sitting on my desk at home uh, for more money than I had ever made at the time. And I've got another place where... I think very highly of the company and the general manager. Uh, but I don't have any guaranteed money. And I remember asking my dad what he would do. And he said, Timmy, they're both shitholes. And if I got to be in a shithole, I'd rather control my own destiny. So I'd take the 1380 offer and I go, really? And he goes, absolutely. Take the 1380 offer. Inside STL has already got some form of a sales infrastructure for insidestl.com, And we're going to go ahead and we'll sell the advertising and we'll be just fine. And I'm going, okay, but we we're currently billing X per month. And now we essentially need to do two X per month in order to pay my salary, the cat's salary, Doug's salary, producer Joe's salary. I don't know who else was involved with the program at that time, a board operator's salary. Uh, you know, this is, this is, this is gambling but it was a calculated risk. We did that. And that's when inside STL started to surge because then we owned our own content and we knew that we had a business model that worked. So had dumb as it might sound. So as much as we joke about my dad getting me my jobs and all that stuff, uh, which I think actually there are some people probably in broadcasting who are bitter with their careers that, that helps them, you know, sit there as they get into their forties and fifties and sixties and go, Oh my God, I'm, I'm a mess and I have no money. And then they can go, well, the reason Tim's done okay is because his dad got him his jobs. I think that's where it comes from. I don't know because I know that my dad had nothing to do with Little Rock, Arkansas or Monterey, California or KMOV. But if it helps them sleep better at night or they don't like me or my politics or whatever, and then they can say well, the only reason he's on the air is because of his dad. That's great. That's wonderful. I hope that helps you. I do. Um, along with like a flashlight. Those things I think would help. But the truth is he's never been involved in it. He, he is and was one of the greatest radio and television salespeople in the market over the last 50 years. I think most salespeople would, in the market would tell you that. But if my dad says to me, cause I was certainly looking for his advice, take the K- KFNS offer the morning after dies in 2009 uh, inside STL probably also dies. And, um, and I doubt that the thing that I would have done in afternoon drive on KFNS would have been any good because I've always said, you know, Certainly, there's talent on on the morning after, and I don't limit it to just the people who host it. Whether that be me, Doug, the Cat, Charlie Jay. uh, it's it, it's inclusive of everybody from the producers to the listeners to the emailers. I mean, there are some creative people, and we're lucky enough to to be at places where we have the freedom to do this stuff. Because I think at some corporations they try to cut it back or make us debate, you know, sabermetrics or something and bore the fuck out of you. So. None of it happens, and none of it happens, and that's why that was a pivotal moment. But I tell the story on Inside STL for two reasons: to point out that this was not some choreographed genius that has led to this business growth. Uh, a lot of it was a byproduct of either boredom in 2005, not knowing any better in 2005, or uh, a girl next door contest, which you know, became a punchline, but for three years was the, was the lifeline of the business. And then also that of a fork in the road moment and you have these, and sometimes when you're in them, I think it makes that for me, because I've had a lot of them, you kind of downplay them in the moment. I think maybe not to put too much stock in them, even though, you know, maybe deep down, this is a critical decision that's going to determine the rest of my life As stupid as it sounds. Because it could happen that way, and you don't want to you don't want to fuck it up, um, so I guess in that case, we made the right call, but you can only it's like a poker hand. you can only make the call based on the information that you have, and whether that be a physical tell in a poker hand or the betting patterns or what you have or what you think your opponent has that's why I don't get into results oriented, but in that moment, I do think that was the right move, even if it wouldn't have worked, and so I tell all of this because. Inside STL is still going 13 years later. But really, since we left CBS Sports 920 in uh, August of 2016, Inside STL has only been um, really a hub for the morning afters audio content. Now, I guess for about a year and change, it was KFNS's website. Randy Markell. Uh, who owns all of KFNS. I don't own any of KFNS. I never bought into KFNS. That was not an accurate report, but whatever. I mean, once it's out, it's not like you put the genie back in the bottle, but I'm telling you that, and I'd swear and present you li- documents that would prove that, but whatever. It's neither here nor there. Uh, Randy owns KFNS, but Randy didn't own the radio station's website. I did, or Inside STL did, and I'm the majority partner of Inside STL, So, understandably, I get it. I have no problem with it. He wanted to also own the website for the radio station he owns. And that is why inside STL is no longer KFNS's website. So that's the background on that. It's just factual. There's absolutely no, you know, tension over it. It totally makes sense to me. If I'm him, I'd do the same thing. Uh, So inside STL here for the last X amount of months or even years has just kind of been floating. Uh, If anything, it's a, it's been a drain on inside STL's capital because we're still paying for servers and paying for the podcast hosting and to an extent paying some salaries, although our expenses, you know, which used to be, you know, I don't know, I guess I should get into specific numbers or even general numbers, but whatever it used to be. God, I don't know. Let me go it this way. Our expenses for a year now are probably comparable to what our expenses were for a month for about five or six years. Ballpark. Uh, if you average it out, so it's just it's just different, which is fine, um, because the vast we're getting compensated. I think another misnomer is that Inside STL pays me and the cat and and Doug our radio salaries, and that's not what's going on. It hasn't gone on since September 2016. So, um, here's the reason I bring it all up. I'll finally hit the hole. You got a lot of context now. I am very interested in resuscitating. I would call it resuscitating. Others would call it growing. Whatever term you want to use inside STL. And I don't even know if I would say insidestl.com. The business's name is Inside STL Enterprises LLC. It owns TMA's content. It owns this podcast. It owns the Cat Chat. Uh, and it also owns the insidestl.com domain. And as I've said before, when discussing entrepreneurial uh, elements on this show... You know, I look at the Plowhawk, for example, and I've said it on TMA, and I, I legitimately am, and I, I'm not. it's not like a joke, I legitimately am envious of his way of life. Uh, and I don't think the Plowhawk looks over at me and is envious of mine. I, the Plowhawk also is uh, hip to some of the things that I deal with and or have dealt with, and so, you know, that might be part of it. But also, I think even if I didn't have to deal with that stuff, um, from a professional standpoint, I think, I think he's just happy and he's fulfilled. Even if he's playing NCAA 14 and getting high and eating frozen pizzas, he's happy, you know, and he loves his girlfriend and loves his dog and hanging out. And, and, and to me, that's the, that's the name of the game. I mean, that's it. I, I don't, I maybe I'm wrong on that, but that's the name of the game. I have a, you know, and I don't know. I don't, when it comes to mortality, Uh, you know, I, I've, you know, I feel like it was like a year ago that I was 21, except it's been 20 years since I've been 21. And that, and to me, then that means that it's going to feel like a year from now that I'm 61. And, you know, you don't have forever. You gotta, you gotta maximize opportunity. And with regard to what we have with TMA, And then as a byproduct of that, inside STL, this is not something that will last forever. I think some people in the audience don't like when I say that because they don't want to uh, visualize the show coming to an end. I'm not saying the show coming to an end, but inevitably the cast will change. And I've been through the cast changing. I've been through Martin leaving, Doug coming on board, Go in the middle there coming on board, uh, producer Joe leaving, uh, recently the Seamaster leaving. And I'm, I'm familiar with with it all. And I, and I also know that when it happens, because it's happened before, that there will be all oh, the shows over. The show is over. And I understand that. And I know it'll happen. So it's not like Nostradamus to predict that here because it'll happen. Um, and who knows? I don't know who will be the first one to leave for whatever reason. Um, but it'll happen because I've been doing it now for 14 years and people leave. So but then you have, and I get it. I, if I'm the audience member, you know, I mean, I still listen to the Stern show and I go, Yeah, it was better when Artie was on it. And, and so you'll have your preferences, but the show has never been about one person show. Hasn't been about one, one person. You can say it's been about one person. Um, even if you were to say it's been about me, I would disagree with you. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people right now would say it's about Doug and I would disagree with you. Uh, they would say back 12 years ago, it was about Martin. And I remember the cat even saying, well, that's the end of the show. Martin was the show. And I'm just like, yeah, I don't think so. And that's and I think Martin might be one of the most talented people I've ever worked with. So it's not, discounting Martin. My point is the show is a group and the show isn't just limited to the group of people at the radio station from seven to 10. The show is the audience, but the popularity of the show will not last forever. The popularity of the show is on the clock. Now that clock might be 25 years from now. Um, or it might be two weeks from now. I don't know but I just know that that isn't something that you take for granted. We are incredibly lucky. It's one of the themes Rizzuto and I focused on in our conversation, uh, what we have because there aren't a lot of loyal audiences in the market to radio shows, uh, as Rizzuto and I discussed his show, our show, I think Frank opinion has it. Um, I think the Glover show has it. And, and, I, and, I, and, and if there are others, it, it's certainly not to, I don't think anyway, to the level of like we can mobilize these audiences. And so while it's great that I'm done with work contractually at 10 o'clock every day and my day is 7 to 10 and what I do for those three hours is fuck off. If it'd be one thing if I'm like, oh, my God, I got this contract and I know the show sucks and I know the station's losing money on it and I got to hold on for dear life to the end of the contract and then try to come up with something for after the contract. because I know they're not going to renew the contract, so I just need to be grateful for what I have. That would be one mindset. And I am grateful for what I have, but it is my nature, unfortunately, I would say, which gets back to the plowhawk being very happy uh, to always want more. And I really wish it weren't the way I was, but it is the way that I am. And so you, you know, play the cards you've been dealt. And it's not necessarily a horrible thing. It just means I'm never satisfied. And then when you're never satisfied and you're going, and we have this opportunity, what can we do with it? And so that's what the previous 25 minutes have been about getting to this point. Because I'm done at 10 o'clock. And there are days, you know, I mean, in about uh, 40 minutes, Ozzie Smith's going to be in here, and we're going to be doing an interview. There are days where we have uh, conversations that we record, but for the most part, you know, I'm lucky enough that I can go play with my son, go hang out with my wife and my son, go play golf, whatever. But I feel like there's, there's opportunity. And if I feel like there's opportunity, it's just my nature to try to maximize it. And I feel like I'm in a different place and this business is at a much different place than it was when I started it in 2005. The thing that I know is that from operating, whether it was inside STL operating the radio station programming of our show, and then whether it be Nick and the Badger or the one to three show uh, from 2010 through 2000, February, March, 2013, uh, or operating, starting up a radio station and operating the radio station, CBS Sports 920. I know that when it comes to my abilities that I don't think there are many people who could host Run Point on TMA better than I do. But I think there are thousands of people who could operate inside STL better than me. And the, the first one might come off as really arrogant. If it does, it does. And the second one might come off as really sep- self-deprecating and inaccurate. But that's how I, I, that's how I feel about both of them. Um, and so now we're at a point uh, where I want to try to, and we might fail. I mean, fuck, I've failed at plenty of things. Uh, all you got to do is really get one home run and then you can position yourself. Uh, but you know, you know, you're going to fail if you're not, if you're not trying, uh, I'm at a point where I am willing to, whether it be personally, um, invest or as a company invest in trying to grow this business and capitalize on what we have. And it's not necessarily St. Louis centric either. Uh, I recognize the audience is for the most part, either living in the St. Louis region or grew up in the St. Louis region, or uh, at one point lived in the St. Louis region. And that's, That's, that's the spark that lights the fire, but I'm not, I'm not just looking to just grow in St. Louis and, um, you know, the name you've heard on TMA, if you're a TMA listener over the last couple of weeks is, uh, gangster Pete, whose name is Pete Eichels for the record. Um, and when Pete sent in his resume to replace John Seymour, the Seamaster, uh, he was one of, I don't know, I guess it's probably around 20 people who were interested in it. Um, but the thing that stood out to me with Pete more than anybody else was his focus on the business of our business, which I know sounds, I don't even know. It almost sounds like a cliche or just like something you'd hear like a manager use, and it, it, but then not really get into the details of what it means. And by that, I mean... I don't care if somebody's down at Bush stadium getting sound. I don't care if somebody's at enterprise center getting sound. I don't care about how many likes and retweets you get on Twitter or on Facebook, the way we pay until we can pay our bills with those. I'm not interested in that. The business is the dollars, but for whatever reason, when it comes to to radio, um, it isn't talked about, but if we're talking about baseball and a player gets sent down, You go and you look at his ERA or his batting average or his OPS. And if it's horrible, then you go, well, that explains why they DFA'd him or why they sent him down to Memphis. In radio, it's always always numbers-based unless you're dealing with, you know, somebody who's causing problems behind the scenes. It's numbers-based. But because the numbers aren't public— The the fans of that person or that show go oh you got fucked over as if as if managers are just like personally just just, you know making choices that that are bad for their business but the but the numbers aren't public so I get it but that's something that I've had to navigate in radio when I when we've made changes when I've been the one responsible for making changes I want to make that clear that 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 it's always numbers based it's always numbers based it's always numbers based just like any other business and. So I, I, I don't want to go back to being the person on a day-to-day basis of, of being in the trenches on that. But with Pete, what stood out to me is this could be somebody who could play a role in, in leading it. Um, yeah, he has an MBA, but you know, when it gets down to it, while that's impressive and fuck, I don't even have an undergrad uh, bachelor in journalism from Missouri, you know, I, I, that's, that's neither here nor there. It illustrates some form of ambition. That's for certain. But when getting together with Pete, you know, he's talking about a bunch of ideas and what excited him was growing inside STL and, and, or growing more content. And I'm at a point where I wanted to do more. And so here is somebody who I can, you know, hand the reins over to and try and, and get this thing going because I feel like we have content that is unique. Um, and whether it be on the merchandise front, whether it be on, uh, Facebook lives, which we had success with at spring training when I was down there doing those with Dan McLaughlin and Derek Gould, whether it be on the podcast front, whether it be on something that you're listening to me talking about and going, how are you not talking about doing this? That's why I'm talking about it because I'm legitimately curious and you might bring something to the table and I go, shit, I'm interested in that. Would you like to come on board or would you like to invest or would you like to have a piece of this, whatever. I mean, that's where I am. That's the way that, that I'm operating this thing. And at the same time, in two weeks, I might go, you know what? It's going to cost too much to do this. I like some of the ideas, but yeah, let's, let's not, let's not do it because we might wind up losing a bunch of money and I'm not confident enough that we're going to make money to make the play. So it's, it's essentially a blank canvas discussion. It's a reset for inside STL. It really is. But I feel like we got something and I feel like I got somebody who can uh, play a role in doing that, which I don't think I'm the best at, which is operating the business, I was fine to start the thing up. And it was a unique cert- set of circumstances because I was able to uh, do the show even in 2005 when we started it and be done at 10 o'clock and didn't have any other responsibilities and therefore could operate inside STL and pay myself nothing. Or, like, I think I used to pay myself like $200 a pay period. Uh, so I could do that for those few years before we actually really started bringing in some revenue. Um, and obviously that, you know, most people wouldn't have done, I mean, who would have, what what caliber of employee would have been like, yes, I'd I'd enjoy being the president of your company and I will do so for free. I mean, you're not going to necessarily be picking from a very deep, uh, body of water. So, you know, things are different now and I really want to give this a run and I still want to be, uh, producing the content. And I guess I, the nature of it is that I'll be the the front person for it, but I'm interested in hiring somebody. And if that's Pete, that's Pete to lead it. Uh, I'm interested in, uh, hiring, uh, a videographer or an editor, a videographer, an editor. Um, and I'm interested in, uh, hiring a salesperson, at least one salesperson. And I'm also interested in any and every idea. And, uh, and I'm not expecting people to just go here. Let me help you out for free. Uh, that's not the way it just, it's, just not the way it's it, going back to people taking pictures for InsideSTL.com in 2005. Some people said, yeah, I'll do it. I'm going to be out anyway. I'll take pictures. But if they weren't getting compensated, even like 25 bucks a night, it's a different set of circumstances. You've got to take care of people. You've got to treat them well and you got to compensate them. And so I'm not saying here, I come leave your job for a full-time job with inside STL. I'm also not saying that that's not possible. I'm just saying if you bring something to the table, Uh, I'm not, I'm not expecting you to do it out of the goodness of your heart. So that's where we are. And it's a conversation Pete and I have been having quite a bit over the last couple of weeks. Some of my business partners on inside STL, I don't own 100% of inside STL. We've been talking about it quite a bit, a lot of video focused, digital, uh, advertising and where dollars are there, a lot of merchandise discussion, um, uh, you know, uh, podcast discussion, um, sports gambling discussion, uh, you know, Plowhawk, Iggy, Larry Nickel, Natty Nate, Girls Next Door, all of these things have been discussed. And, you know, it reinvigorates me to potentially um, reinvigorate inside STL, which has just kind of been hanging out in its spot uh, for the last, I think, you know, year and a half, two years. Uh, I'm not in a spot where what I used to do, I want to do again, and I'm not talking about the management, which is write columns. Um, I love writing. I wrote the column uh, on the PGA Championship that fortunately got a really good response because it kind of drew parallels with the PGA Championship slash Tiger Woods performance, uh, both recently and in the last 10 years to St. Louis recently in the last 10 years. And I love doing that, but I have an... I have part admiration and part, um, I don't know what the right word for it would be. I feel badly for columnists who have to churn out a column every night because I can't do that. I can't. People go, man, you should write like for the newspaper based on what you wrote you know, there on, on the PGA Championship. I'm like, I did that because I felt that way and I, I i was able to to turn that out in 30 minutes because I felt that way. I do not watch a Cardinal game in June and have the same kind of passion that I did for what we saw on that Sunday at the PGA championship, and also for the city, and also for the conversation I cited that I had with Al McInnes. Now, if the Cardinals win some incredible game to get into the playoffs, the Cardinals have some ridiculous Washington Nationals game five 2012, or Rangers game six 2011 World Series experience, I, I would imagine I could probably um, write something that that might... Uh, you know, captivate some people, but I can't do it on a nightly basis. And I also, I think the byproduct of that stuff is hot takery, uh, write something and then create enemies and attach personal traits to people who might not deserve it. And then you're just shitting on people just to get people riled up to get them to read your shit. And I just, i have zero, not interested, won't do it. It's to me, it's unethical for me, for me, for me, I'm sure plenty of people who hear me saying something's unethical go, well, you talk about porn. Uh, You're unethical. That's fine. Everybody's got their different moral compass. For me, making shit up, uh, isn't, isn't the direction that I want to go. And I feel like inevitably I'd go, Oh my God, I got nothing. Let me shit on this guy again, because I know people like it. So I don't want to go there. Uh, but I do like writing. I do think video from an advertising standpoint is not the future, it's the present, similar to podcasting, which I've said it's not the future, it's the present, but if unless the advertising dollars are there, it doesn't matter what we think the future, the present is. wherever the advertising dollars are, we have to be cognizant of that as a business. But we do think that there is an opportunity there. And with this audience, with our sponsors, and certainly with the content that we have, we feel like there is more that we can be doing. And that is really what this is about. Uh, I've thought about over the last god, I've thought about this a number of times well before meeting Pete. um you know, like having a lunch with listeners, I buy the lunch or having like a golf outing. And then either before or after just sit around and bullshit and brainstorm because, you know, Pete reached out to me about being the TMA producer, even though he had you know, no producing background. And I knew what our producer role at this point has evolved to, which is essentially a business manager of the show, because for TMA, I don't really want guests. Um, the show's at its best when it's the six of us bullshitting and the audience involved. I, you know, after hosting it for 14 years, I think I have an idea of, of what works. And, and you have, and I know some people are like, oh, I miss this segment or I miss this guest. And I understand that that wasn't my choice. That's the station, uh, making cuts and the station has every right to do that. And I understand that because I made cuts when I was running the station. So that's business. Um, but for me, I enjoy more than anything, just bullshitting with everybody. And so the producer position is more about finding story ideas for us to talk about finding audio for us to play, making sure we do all of our live reads and all of our live mentions and uh, in, in uploading proper production for the sales staff. that's what that's what it is. And that's not Pete's background. But Pete saw an opportunity to grow inside STL and the TMA content. Uh, and that is what got him uh, intrigued by it. And so that is why I am intrigued because now I go, oh, I can actually have I can still. Do the creative stuff, which I think I'm decent at, and then have somebody who would be better at operating the day-to-day business and would have more time to do so uh, in, in Pete and ideally a salesperson or two. Uh, and maybe you're listening to this and going, oh, my God, this is exactly what I've been looking for. I want to be a part of this. And if that's the case, I am confident in saying we can raise the capital uh, or hell, I'd be willing to take out a line of credit uh, to build it. But but I also am not going to just, you know, suddenly start spending money just because I think it'd be fun and a good idea. That's not where I am. That's what I was doing 10, 12 years ago. And, uh, you know, you got to be responsible with the expenditures, got to have a business model. And that is what we've really been focused on over the last few years. So that's that's the Inside STL history, obviously, in a nutshell. Uh, And that's where we are right now. The crossroads I spoke of regarding Inside STL and... Uh, really, December 2009, November, December 2009, where it's like, let's take control of our own destiny. And I'm sure many of you who might be sitting in a job you fucking hate and you lie in bed on Sunday night, you might even start lying in bed on Saturday night, dreading Monday morning, uh, are going, God, I love this idea. And I can tell you something, for all of the headaches we've dealt with, and some have been documented publicly, m- way more have been kept private uh, some have been documented publicly, uh, inaccurately, um, and plenty, like I said, we handle internally. Uh, the one thing that I can tell you, minus those five or six months in 2007, uh, when the morning grind was ripped apart and I wasn't working with Martin or Doug or the cat or producer Joe, uh, there has not been a moment since I left the university of Missouri where I lie in bed and I dread going to work the next day. And I, 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 I have no idea what, what you make, but I can tell you that you can't put a dollar value on that. Um, and I have a feeling that resonates with a number of you. And so that's the kind of climate I try to operate. Um, I want people to be treated well. I want people to be treated fairly. I'd like to think that I do that. Um, I'm certainly not perfect, but I'd like to think the vast majority of people Uh, who have worked for Inside STL over the 13 years it's been around would say that that is the case. Um, I'm also confident I can think of one or two exceptions, uh, and I would tell you that those one or two people earned the fact that they are exceptions. So, uh, But across the board, you're talking about hundreds of people who receive compensation from this company, and it's about trying to grow something. But I'm not limiting the growth to just St. Louis. I'm also well aware that the growth beyond St. Louis isn't something that's going to just happen, uh, overnight, but that is the dream. That is the goal. That is the mission. That is what I'm thinking about. I am, I'm not just going, okay, well, maybe it'd be cool to sell a few shirts in St. Louis, or maybe we'll do videos of this and that in St. Louis. I'd like to try and see what we can do, uh, beyond that. So that, and who knows, maybe we won't reach it. Maybe it's a 1% chance we hit might be less than 1% chance, but I want to fire the shot. So with that all said, if this resonates with you, email me, Tim McKernan at InsideSTL.com. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to meet with you. I like going out and playing golf and just meeting people. Like I was saying about the conversations on on, uh, on our interviews that air on uh, Mondays on the Tim McKernan Show, I, I love good conversation. A, a glass of booze and a conversation that I'm engrossed in and the person doesn't have to have played for the Cardinals and wound up in the Hall of Fame or, you know, been a U.S. Senator or, you know, been a local anchor for 25 years or whatever. I, it, I don't, I, you know, the people that were playing, They have those traits, but that's not what I need. I'm engrossed in conversation. If I'm in on, on being stimulated in the conversation, whatever the topic might be, that's where I am. That's, that's like my high. Um, and so I enjoy meeting people who have ideas and and you know what? I'll tell Pete and I'll tell Iggy, send over links for stories to talk about on TMA. And there's a good chance I won't use 95% of them, but the one that you send over could wind up becoming a signature moment in the show. So you know, the only way to make sure that you don't succeed is to not give it a shot. And that's my thought process on this thing. So fire your bullets. So if you're interested, if you have an idea and you're like, Hey, I'm interested, I've got an idea for you, but I want to make sure that I'm in on a percentage of it. I'm open to that. Um, it's a unique spot because we have things with this business that even if we had a, you know, 50 million in capital, you can't buy. You can't buy a loyal audience. You can't buy loyal sponsors. You can't buy the chemistry that the group of us who've been on this show for a while have. Uh, We're very fortunate that we have these things. And so because we're, we're fortunate enough to have these things, I want to capitalize on them. And so how do you capitalize on them? Well, then you invest and you try to do more with it. And so that's where I am. That's what my thought process is. If this resonates with you, Please feel free to email me at tmakernan at insidestl.com. If you don't hear back from me, I've been missing some emails. Uh, again, to show you how shitty of a businessman I am, I also have a Hotmail account. Uh, so so if you don't hear back, email me at tmakernan at hotmail.com, or you can just go right to the teamakernan at hotmail.com. I don't know what happened. This is one of the things we need to fix with the business. The at insidestl.com one sometimes filters things out. I had a, a lady from an advertising agency, she had been emailing me the last three weeks. Wanting to spend money with the podcast, and she's not hearing back from me. This isn't the way it usually works in advertising. Usually, they're not chasing you down. Then she finally gets my number and calls me. She goes, "Yeah, I've been emailing you about wanting to buy the podcast." I'm like, "I didn't even see it." And then I go into like my spam on some back end of the the email, and there it is. She's been reaching out a bunch of times. I what a what a fucking mess. Either way, the point is, reach out if it resonates. If you have ideas, reach out. If you're just like, "Oh, it's good to hear you're fired up about it again." God bless America, whatever, or you just were bored out of your mind by this. At least you heard some girl next door stories. That's fine. But I wanted to at least lay out, uh, what we're thinking and make sure that I convey it to the audience because for so often, uh, of this, this company's 13 year history, the audience has been a key part of it It really has been. I mean, I'm telling you they're, they're much funnier people that are texting in and emailing in than, than, uh, than at the very least me uh, on TMA. So maybe it resonates, maybe it triggers something for you that gets you fired up. I don't know. Maybe you're like, you know what? I got a great idea. I got a full-time job and I'm making $300,000 a year anyway. So I'm not really interested in what you're talking about, but, uh, what about this? And you know, if I introduce this and help you set it up, I'll take a cut of it. Great. You know, that's, that's the kind of thought process. It's a blank canvas. Do with it what you want. And the only thing I can say is thank you for the idea. It's not something that we're really thinking is the direction we want to go right now, and that'll be it. So you got to shoot to score, shoot. T. McKernan at insidestl.com. As always, without our sponsors, we don't exist. And uh, Ryan Kelly, the home loan expert.com, the sponsor of our studios. Uh, James Carlton, State Farm Insurance Agent at 314 961 or online at carltoninsurance.net. One of our very first sponsors and somebody as I've gotten to know him over the last year. I'm thinking to myself, I'm so lucky I've gotten to know this guy. And also, well, it's it's really quite fortunate that he wound up being incredible at his job because he was one of our only advertisers at the outset. James Carlton, James Carlton, State Farm Insurance Agent, 3149614800. I'm telling you, I don't know. I wish I could like put money in League Safe and bet you. Cause I would, I know, I guess I wish I shouldn't wish it because I'm going to lose the money. But if you call James Carlton and you do business with him, you don't have to do business with him. Just have a conversation with him. You're going to go, God, I need to switch to that guy. He's that good. He's that good. And the way he operates is very 2018. You know, it doesn't have to be a bunch of paperwork and a bunch of BS. I'm impressed. They do all the work for you, making the switch. Uh, It's uh, James Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency online at 314 uh hundred online i should say at carltoninsurance.net james carlton state farm insurance agent home auto life insurance let james carlton take care of you and of course mark hanna of evergreen wealth strategies and always the great people at johnny landoff chevrolet i270 and washington elizabeth exit or 24 seven at landoff.com johnny landoff chevrolet ryan kelly james carlton mark hanna and then Seth Goldcamp and Design Air, the sponsor of our video clips on social media. If you haven't listened to the Rizzuto interview, do so. If you haven't listened to Courtney Bryant, do so. If you haven't listened to Joe Buck, Ryan Kelly, all these interviews, so many of them evergreen, these personality profiles that they turn into, uh, do so. It, it, it seems like it always happened, not always, maybe about 20% of the time we get done with the interview and the guest goes, oh my God can't believe I just said that. Or, oh my God, I just said something that's going to get me in trouble. Or, well, now you know the story. That's what John Kelly said when he got done with uh, talking about the Ken Wilson thing. Uh, Because a lot of people don't know the story, but he got comfortable. He told the story. It's a great story. That's coming up for you. Ozzie Smith's coming up for you. Frank Opinion's coming up for you. Brett Hull's coming up for you. Uh, Our producers are bringing in great guests. We're grateful to the sponsors for supporting it. and We're certainly grateful to the audience for listening to it and subscribing to it. It's the Tim McKernan show on the inside STL podcast network. If this resonated with you, email me, Tim McKernan at inside We're broadcasting from the home Loan studios.